Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up, inspiring health stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. Go ahead and hit subscribe on YouTube and turn on those notifications and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to stay connected with you. Now, today you are going to meet someone who might be familiar to you. She was seen by millions of viewers as the co-host of Dancing with the Stars and so many other shows as well. But she took her career from a journalist and entertainment news host to a holistic health coach. And at the center of it all was a breast cancer diagnosis. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want, it is a need for happy lives, and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, I have to say, I am truly so excited today, and I'm such a fan of the one and only Samantha Harris. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, I like that. Hey, could you come to my house and tell me that? My kids do not think I'm the one and only, let me tell you. Uh, oh, well, I, hey, listen, I didn't even get started yet. Emmy-winning host, author, journalist, and also, you may know her, where millions watched her on Dancing with the Stars as co-host there and Entertainment Tonight. I can say I was definitely one of those. That's where I was first introduced to you. So it's truly an honor to meet you and have you on my show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's so fun. I was just reading your bio and here on this show, we really talk all about health, happiness, purpose driven. I'm a former journalist, you are. So I feel like we have that in common. So just also knowing all that you've accomplished in your career, I would love to know kind of how you started and how your career evolved over the years. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in Minnesota. I live in Los Angeles now, but I grew up in Minneapolis really just wanting to be on camera. And when I was 12, I asked my parents, can I have an agent? Because like, I want an agent. Because <laughs> lots of 12-year-olds in Minnesota do. Um, but we, we had a lot of headquarters of major corporations there. So General Mills, 3M, Cargill, uh, the, the list goes on. So I, Target. So I did a lot of print work and co commercial here or there um, growing up, which was a great way to earn money, save up for moving out to LA, which is very expensive. And uh, But, I, but I, I had a little pivot there. I stopped uh, a stop off and... Chicago. I went to Northwestern University okay. to their journalism school, which really is, is a very intense journalism school and really prepared me for a life uh, on camera, but being able to write and produce and you know choose my edits and understand what the full picture is. Because really, whether I'm hosting Dancing with the Stars or I was writing stories for E! News while shooting you know, in the field as a correspondent, you're just a cog in the wheel. Right. And whether you're on camera or you're behind the scenes, right? And so I think you know, we grew up in a in a world, especially now, because obviously we didn't have we didn't have cell phones when I was growing up. Right. I'm gonna just age myself there for a little bit. Um, <laughs> so we definitely if we didn't not only have cell phones, but we obviously didn't have social media. And so because the fact that anyone now can 
call, you know, can put themselves on camera, can get their message out there. It's wonderful and it can be very harmful. Um, and so it's a very different beast now and much more competitive. I mean, it was, I thought it was very competitive back then. It's even more so now to get yourself heard, to get yourself right. seen. But it's a lot about me, me, me now, right? Mm -hmm. Because at any time here I am with my phone, it's all about me. I'm gonna take my selfies, right. I'm gonna close. Oh my gosh, right? Um, and it's really hard having kids who are now just getting into that world of trying to not have them on the phones all the time doing that. Um, and it's actually near impossible. My point of saying that is back to the cog in the wheel. Whereas when you're part of a show, you're part of production, you're part of a news team, you're still a cog in the wheel. If everyone else is not doing their part, and right. if you don't understand how each person is doing their part in playing the game of career, of life, of whatever it is, you're, you're worth is nothing because you are only as strong as those who you're surrounding yourself with. So it's really a life lesson that can be, you know, for now into the world of health that I'm in now, transition, transitioning from hosting shows like Dancing with the Stars and so on, to becoming a certified health coach uh, via a very uh, challenging, um, but uplifting in many ways, it's gonna sound weird when I say my next thing, cancer diagnosis, um, it pivoted my entire life and career, in, really for the better. And so, but understanding that we are, who we surround ourselves with is more important now than I ever realized. Hmm. I wanted to be an investigative journalist, but I had a lot of colleagues. And at one point I had actually gone out to LA and interned at CNN Los Angeles. And I was with other interns and had a lot of friends who wanted to be that host, right? Like, I feel like it's, like you said, it's so competitive. How do you get that? I mean, how did you, I guess, pursue that path? Did you go the local news route, like the traditional news route and end up in LA? Like, what was that path like for you? So, you know, my path was very different. Um, I knew that I didn't want local news. Um, so I interned at Entertainment Tonight. You know, I became one of the hosts, but I interned there when I was in college. And, all, you know, whether it was Mary Hart or Nancy O'Dell, who eventually took over for Mary Hart, or any of the other reporters, or they all came from local news. I mean, Nancy right. O'Dell was a Miami news, news person. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, I thought, well, gosh, if I'm not going to go the local news route, how will I ever possibly become the host or anchor of any of these shows. Right. Um, at the same time, I when I was in college, I worked full time at a station for a semester in Minneapolis that had, they, it was an hour long newscast. They had a, a, a five minute entertainment news segment because I'd interned at ET. They were like, oh, great, perfect. Yeah. We'll put you on, the, on that, and which, which was my, like that's what I wanted to do. Right. But because it's local news, when they were short-staffed, I actually got sent out to cover some pretty, well, you said investigative journalism, <laughs> some pretty hardcore stories, one of which was the killing of a little boy from a man who we met up with at a park. And I, it was really about timing, but I was the only journalist who was able to interview the stepfather and get a, an eight by 10 color photo, <clears throat> excuse me, color photo of the boy that we were able to shoot. So when I walked back into the newsroom, I got a bunch of applause. And normally applause feels pretty good. And it did not. It felt awful. Mm -hmm. I said, I, I, I remember the conversation in my head saying, I don't want to be in news. If it means being applauded for basically capitalizing on the horrible news that this stepfather just got. Right. And 
at the same time, I'm very grateful for all of the hard news journalists who go out there every day risking sometimes their lives to bring us stories. I just knew for me, I grew up, first of all, let me give you a little background. Even though I grew up in Minneapolis, I grew up in the world of celebrity. My dad produced all the rock concerts that came to town. So I literally grew up backstage meeting the rock stars, oh everyone gosh, from, yeah. you know, Sting and U2 to, to Cindy Lauper, you know, I was the 80s baby and Rick Springfield <laughs> and, you know, having third row tickets at the Michael Jackson thriller concert, you know, Oh, so wow. I grew up in this crazy world and my parents yeah. also produced Renaissance festivals, which my mom and sister still produce our Renaissance festival in Massachusetts uh, called King Richard's Fair. So I grew up in the world of entertaining people, of helping people escape right. from the hard news, from the, the, from the life that they're living that might be challenging at work or at home to escape into fantasy and happiness and celebrity and it whisked yeah, them away. It was in so your I think blood. that's why I was driven towards entertainment news and yeah. eventually, obviously, reality television with both Dancing with the Stars. There was also uh, a show on Fox called Joe Millionaire that I okay. was before The Bachelor. Yeah, it was yeah. like the dating show. And then I hosted a show for NBC called Stars Are in Stripes. I love that world. And so yeah. I knew that that's what I wanted and why that was a long-winded way around why I didn't go into local news. But I basically came here. I also thought I might want to be an actor. And I was a I was a double major in theater at Northwestern. So when oh I came gosh, out, oh my gosh, I was for, too. Were you? <laughs> yeah, at, at I love it. Miami, yeah, those I two seem to go well it. together, right? Journalism and, and theater. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I was told by if I went to Northwestern because I had a couple of other universities I was, I was looking at that I could automatically combine the two. But I was told at Northwestern, if you're in the journalism school and you're not in the theater department, you don't get to have an acting class or all mm. the different acting um, classes that are offered, like the dance and so on. And so um, I, I just was almost turned it down. And thankfully, I ended up not turning it down. So uh, and I was able to finagle my way into the yeah, acting yeah. department. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, what? so I, I came out here, I pounded the pavement for about six years. And I was always auditioning for TV and film. And then because you, you didn't really go audition for a hosting, you know, yeah. anchor job, right? And the only shows, by the way, when I came out here, this is 1997 that I moved out here, right out of college. And when I moved out here, there weren't the shows available that there are now, right? There was, right. you were in Hard News Network, Hard News Local News, or Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood or Extra. And Access Hollywood had just launched the year I moved out here. Those were the yeah. only opportunities. So, but with, within the six years of me moving here, all of a sudden my agents for TV and film started calling and saying, oh, we have this TV show that they're doing on XYZ Network that's a cable station. And they, they cause the cable station started to proliferate and they needed more and more programming 24 seven. So all of a sudden they had different reality shows and dating shows and game shows and whatever. And I started going out on hosting auditions as well. And where my success rate for a callback on my acting um, auditions was maybe one out of every 20, my success rate for callbacks on hosting was one, probably one out of every two. The universe was saying, you better yes. at being yourself than somebody else. Why don't you just be yourself? Right. And eventually that's what happened. And I got my first job and that led to my second and third and so on. And there you go. Wow. That's awesome. So, and, and it's interesting that you bring up that there were like limited options at that time. I mean, now it's, it's a beast, which I don't know make, if it makes it easier, like you said earlier. I mean, everybody's just showing up on camera from their phone. Right. The, the animal has changed a lot where first there was no show, there were no shows. Then all of a sudden there was a plethora of shows that needed hosts. 
And that's changed again where because of all the influencers and because of social media, it doesn't matter how much work I've done. I mean, my resume is an arm length, right? The biggest shows on TV. And yet, if your social media following isn't huge or you're not a big name, you're not Kevin Hart or The Rock or who I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of, the other people who are constantly now picked because they're celebrities and dropped in as hosts of these major shows. And now it's not about being a cog in the wheel. Now they just want a big name that can draw eyeballs. And Mm -hmm. if it sucks during production because they're not very good at the job, they just make it work in editing. Right. And I keep hearing that from a lot of producers. So anyway, that's that. But my career's pivoted completely from my health, uh, from because of cancer, it's pivoted completely to refocus on actually truly helping people become their healthiest version of themselves. And that gives me just such warmth within my heart. I love that. Yes, I want to dive into that because you know, I always bring in storytelling into this show as well. Um, and that's why I figured since we have that common connection and getting some of your take on just how things have evolved, because I've actually yeah. interviewed several journalists on the show who are actually in a health space now. Mm. And in some of those stories, it was because, you know, and myself included, we were kind of being in, you know, kind of whether it was clickbait or hard news it wore on us, right? Like just always covering those types of stories and maybe caused us to take a step back and say, hey, what is really fulfilling me? Hey, like, what do I really wanna do? Like, this is definitely a very needed profession and it's an important one, but at the same time, it does have its effects, whether mentally, physically, and all of those other things. So um, that's why I was interested in kind of getting your take on your career path as far as that goes. But I'm curious as to at what point in your career were you diagnosed with breast cancer? So I was diagnosed in 2014. I had had a clear mammogram. I was feeling more awesome and fit than I'd ever been. And 11 days after the clear mammogram, I found a lump. And it was actually a good, if there's ever good timing, it was good timing. I had just recently left Entertainment Tonight. I eventually went back to Entertainment Tonight as the weekend host and the fill-in for Nancy O'Dell. But but I just happened to be on just sort of a, a year of trying to figure out what was next for me when this came. So I was able to really dedicate 2014 to taking care of my health without having to sacrifice uh, my career the news business even if it's entertainment news right there's so much happening all the time that i was on call 24 7 as i'm sure you were as well and when that happens we have no control over our lives i couldn't promise my kids i'd be at their little performance of their school play i would hope that i can be there but if you know gosh some big celebrity decided they needed they agreed to an interview at the last minute Well, that was much more important than my own children, even though it wasn't in my heart and it broke my heart every single time. That would have really, in my earlier life, where I was about strive, do, take everything I can get, grab it when I can, go after it, where I would have been heartsick not getting the jobs. And although it was disappointing that I wasn't getting the, you know, getting my next salary job or my next hosting gig on a network show being paid by the episode, it felt better because I wasn't having the heartache of missing out on what my kids were doing and being there for them. And it, I, it allowed me the realization, so that realization of, oh, now I really understand what's important. And then cancer came. And as I sat in my recovery bed watching the shows that I was used to being on, 
even though I loved it, and I did, I mean, especially Dancing with the Stars, it was a great job. It was a great show to be part of. It was fun. I, I loved every minute of it. Um, but I was able to see that, that that was a fake world that didn't really matter. Right. And what really mattered was my own health, the health of my family, and being with my family. We had a battery of tests done on me from ultrasounds and needle biopsy, none actually diagnosing the cancer. But there were some irregular cells in that needle biopsy. And so she said, the oncologist said, you know, I just think we should take it out. So take it out, same thing, but it was a lumpectomy. I mean, it's, it's like, it's actually, right. you know, it's a surgery. Um, I never had surgery in my life. I said, let's take it out. So look, these boobs had done what they needed. They, uh, they got me my husband <laughs> and they fed my kids, right. nourished them, right? right? So, all right, if you need to take something out, take it out. And that's when we found out that it was not only um, ductal carcinoma, which is breast cancer that's contained within the duct and doesn't know how to get out. That's really the best kind but it also turned out to be invasive. And so I ended up having a double mastectomy, two-stage reconstruction. It went to, we had found out that it had gone to a lymph node. So then wow. I had to entertain whether I do chemo or radiation. And I won't get into why I chose not to do either, but it was a, um, a long road of, of pros and cons and talking to many doctors and getting multiple opinions. And we have to trust our own body. We have to trust our gut. Mm-hmm. We have to listen to our inner voice. And then we have to seek out multiple opinions to make sure we're gathering the right information. Not to say that you're seeking out so many opinions that you just wait till you get the one you want to hear. Right. It's not that. Right. It's educating yourself. Right. And how are you today? Seven and a half years out, stronger, fitter, more energized than I have ever been. I pivoted my entire career to become a certified health coach. I'm leading retreats, wellness retreats. I have a wellness community online that does a live coaching session every week, a live workout that I lead every week, and a live expert guest, uh, which, by the way, <laughs> anyone who's listening, I'm happy to share information as how you can, of how you can become a member of that. And I'm really active on my Instagram, also providing a lot of just you know, complimentary takeaway. Um, so if you guys want to reach me, it's at Samantha Harris TV. Um, I, I'm really active with that. I feel it's re- important to be able to connect with people. And that's how, how Tamika and I connect. Yeah, absolutely. So at what point does the, the pivot come in? Are you thinking about it during this whole period? Is it something that you had thought of before? Or was it now kind of like a realization flooding in? because you're really faced at taking a look at your health, what was important to you? I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Sure. But. Yeah. No, no. It's a great question. Um, so I'd always been passionate about health and fitness, but it was health and fitness more, right? I've been a certified trainer. Um, I taught group fitness classes while I was auditioning in my early days here in LA. Yeah. So, but it was, but then it was much more about fitness to look good which was really the wrong approach and i just didn't realize it i like that um it yeah. was an extrinsic approach to health and wellness and fitness versus that intrinsic right what because can my you body can do look for good me? and not be healthy right uh, absolutely and and you know they i call it you know like the people who i call skinny fat right it's like you look great on the outside but inside your body is crying you're you're putting yourself up for disease risk as you go on it's mm. not you know it's not a good situation looking at your different numbers with your blood work and so on. So um, we have to move our bodies on a daily basis. And so we have to nourish ourselves with nutrient dense foods and not all the junk out there that's non-food. So to your point of what was my pivot, it was a slow progression really, because I 
I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to get done with this cancer thing. I'm going to get right back into the saddle with hosting. And I did. I went back to Entertainment Tonight. I was, you know, as I said. So I wrote a book prior to that, in the midst of that. So 2014 was the diagnosis. And in 2018, it was two years in the making, but I wrote this book called Your Healthiest Healthy. Uh, that one right there. Uh, and so the reason though I wrote Your Healthiest Healthy is because I had no genetic link to my cancer. One in eight women will be diagnosed with invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime, but only five to 10% of those are actually genetic. So mm. it made me really wonder why I had no genetic link and still got cancer. And why are so many of us, 90% of the one in eight getting cancer without a genetic link? So again, journalism hat went right back on nice and firm. And I started to research everything I could and speak to as many experts as I could. And really to me, I discovered it's what we put in on and around our body that affects our overall well-being, right? So whether it's um, turning on or off certain genetic markers, if it's right. turning on or off cancer genes that are there, right? How we live our lives. So there's the study of epigenetics, which studies how our behaviors affect our genetic markers and our genetics inside us, what's turning on or off. And so it's about, look, I was eating what I thought was healthy, right? The, the chicken breasts and the egg white omelets and the, the cheeseless pizza right. and my low fat cookies and thinking that I was eating a healthy life, you know, bunch of food. I was exercising, as we already discussed, really for the wrong reasons. And then here I was in the makeup chair, like you, every single day being shellacked with, you know, bulletproof makeup and hair right. that was filled with carcinogens and endocrine disruptors that really mess with our hormones and allergens and toxicity that I didn't realize. Mm. And then there was the stress of my job on top of it and stressful relationships that were raising the cortisol levels in my body that you know, lead to inflammation and inflammation is an underlying factor for most chronic diseases. Right. Um, so that can come from the foods you're eating or the relationships and stress. So I started to slowly and methodically, one small step at a time, this wasn't overnight, change each of these. To, I thought it was healthy, so I needed right. to dis discover what was my healthiest healthy mm -hmm. and that's why i wrote the book your healthiest healthy because what's right for me isn't always right for you right. and we all need to figure out where our healthy lives you know it's when something happens to you i think when you start kind of diving into that research and i was having these inflammatory symptoms that were really shocking and difficult for me and everything led me back to what i was putting in my body the stress that i was dealing with like all of those different things that I really never paid any mind to. Um, and so, you know, little by little over time, right, like you said, you change things and realize, hey, that there's so much healing power in foods and what we put in our bodies. And, you know, yeah. like you couldn't have told me five years ago, oh, like meditation and like journaling and peace and, you know, taking a moment to just step away and, decompress and reduce your stress would so greatly impact your overall well-being but then how wrong was I <laughs> so I totally hear you on all of those things so um so tell me more tell me more about your healthiest healthy the book which then has I guess evolved into it's an online platform yeah so so first I started speaking around the country as a keynote speaker just bringing the message of living your healthiest life through your healthiest healthy and really my goal is to reach as many people as possible look 
good health shouldn't be a financial barrier. And I know people can't always get on a plane to come to a retreat. They can't always afford private coaching. I also don't have the time to take on all the people who want private coaching. So that's when I launched in January of 2021, your healthiest healthy community. Because look, we all need community. We mm -hmm. need like-minded people who give us that support. So it's women who are looking to become, you know, first of all, to take control of their health, get rid of the brain fog, become more energized, live more, more vibrantly and with more vitality and try to fend off as much as we can within our control, which there is a lot more in our control than we realize, chronic diseases. So not just cancer right. or recurrence of cancer, but heart disease, type two diabetes and certain autoimmune disorders. And so with that, the community every week, I do a different live coaching session. Um, everything is available 24 seven in the recording, like everything else these days. But I, I love the live element because I did probably because I did live TV for so long. Yeah, but I like being able to interact and do live, you know, entertain live questions. Mm -hmm. And I'm really passionate about the community and building the community and interacting with everyone. What is the subject matter that you're kind of going over? So so First of all, health is more than just what we're eating. Right. That is a huge component, but I call that secondary food. Our primary food really is in four buckets. It's our spirituality, whatever that means to you, whether it's you know who you pray to, or for me, my spirituality is being in nature and doing yoga and meditating and going on hikes, right? So your spirituality, your relationships, your career, and your fitness or your physical activity. And we can't have true health without really all of those being in alignment. It doesn't mean perfect balance, right? Sometimes right. our focus might be more on one thing than another, so that might be out of balance, but they're still in alignment with what you want. Mm -hmm. So it's a holistic approach to wellness where we tackle nutrition and we tackle making sure you're moving your body as much as possible and how that works for you and works best for your schedule and what you need to try to do. Um, and then mitigating toxic relationships. How do you, you know, eliminate them or put up barriers to be able to protect yourself? And self-care is a huge element of it all as well. Did you ever think that you would be here doing what you're doing right now? Not a chance. <laughs> you would have gone back to you know, 12 or 13 year old Samantha living in Minnesota. I would have been um, starring in a lot of Keanu Reeves movies actually. That's his love interest. Yeah, I was obsessed with him. <laughs> For those that have a high-powered career that mm -hmm. demand a lot of them, um, can they maintain like low levels of stress and kind of have balance as much, or be in alignment, as you mentioned, in all of these areas if one demands a lot of them? And so the short answer to that is yes, absolutely. And sometimes the busier and more in demand your life is, sometimes almost the easier it is because you know, it's like if you need something done, give it to someone who's already busy um, because we <laughs> have to prioritize, we have to figure out what slot it goes in. Um, and so look, I say for when it comes to say even just physical activity, your workouts need to be in your calendar and they are not cancelable, <laughs> just like a doctor's appointment. I feel like I needed to hear this. Thank you. Okay, all right, well, then I will talk, I'll keep going. But it's, so even when I was at the craziest, you know, when I was at ET, uh, Entertainment Tonight, I would find time when we had a one hour 
between finishing our shooting and before we'd have to do any pickup shoots or new voiceovers or other work or go to a shoot. And that one hour was when we were feeding to the satellite. And that was sort of when people would take their lunch break. Mm-hmm. Except for me. In full drag, as I like to call my <laughs> very heavy hair and makeup, I would exercise. I would either do yoga in my dressing room or there was a, uh, an outdoor parking garage well, it was a parking garage, but it wasn't, you know, didn't have solid walls. And so it was open on all four sides and it had a stairwell and it was maybe seven stories. And I would go run the stairs. My hair and makeup team were not so psyched about it when I would come back and have to do a reshoot. But the point was, I knew that when I got home, I had my kids to deal with. I knew when I, before I had to be there so early in the morning, there wasn't a chance I was going to sacrifice sleep, which is so important Mm -hmm. for our overall well-being. If there's one thing, if there is one thing you do, it's get enough sleep. That is pinnacle. That's good to hear, too, because I think a lot of times... Um, people, and I've been in this category as well, will sacrifice that sleep. You know, if I were to ask you for one health tip to, you know, with your holistic approach to to health, it sounds like one thing I'm hearing is schedule things out on your calendar. Any others? Well, you know, when it comes to nutrition, the easiest thing we can do is add more veggies into our lives. When we start to increase our veggies, especially the non-starchy and especially the leafy greens and other green vegetables. Those are the most powerful and potent. And then getting your berries and your nuts and your seeds uh, are also really important. And a lot of us, the majority of American women only get about 12 grams of of, of fiber per day. The USDA recommends 25 grams and we really need closer to 30 to 35 grams, men 35 to 40 grams of fiber per day. Now, if you're eating a whole food plant-based diet, you're, I'm sure you're already right. no big deal getting right past that. But most of us are not. We're grabbing a Pop-Tart and coffee in the morning. We're grabbing, right? You're, you're sitting down to a, a burger and fries for dinner. And right. that's not going to make you live your healthiest, healthy life. Right. No, I love that. Absolutely. So eat more veggies. If, you know, schedule your workout on your calendar and it's not cancelable. Yep. Um. (laughs) And, you know, hey, by the way, that also for those busy people, right, who you're like, I just can't figure out how to get it in. You have to figure out what's right for you. And I say set the bar low. Better to have, again, this is the girl who's like, I'm going to be a star. (laughs) We we have these goals where they're so high and we reach the stars. And if we reach anything less, we're a failure right? or we're frustrated. So I actually want to flip that on its head. And I tell my, you know, the community and my private clients, let's set the bar low. Because once you have that feeling of achievement, it propels you into action towards more. Right. And so if it's exercise and you're someone who doesn't work out at all, five minutes twice a week, or 10 minutes, what, what works for you? You have to figure out what, right. if you think I can, well, no, it's Amanda, I can do four days a week for 15 minutes, great. Right. Or I can do, I can definitely commit to 30, but whatever it is, but commit to it and right. do it. And if you go longer, you go harder, awesome. But if you don't, you've already accomplished your goal. So the same thing comes with, you know, changing over, say your, the toxins in your makeup products. Mm. Start with your foundation. It's your biggest organ on your skin, right? I mean, your skin is your biggest organ. You're putting foundation all over your face, probably your face and neck. Blending is key. Always bring it down. I'm just telling you, tip from the makeup room. Uh, but the point is that we, that when we make these small changes, right, overwhelm leads to paralysis mm. and we get just 
stuck wherever we are, no matter what that change is, if it's a career change, a relationship change, or a change in your makeup. So just starting small. That's the other bit of advice. I love that. Samantha, this has been wonderful. Tell us how we can, I know you told us your Instagram earlier, how people can learn more about your healthiest healthy, connect with you, reach out to you, all the good things. So we'll include those below in the show notes. Amazing. And I would love for everybody to to reach out. So at Samantha Harris TV on Instagram and Facebook, and then yourhealthiesthealthy.com. So yourhealthiesthealthy.com has all the information about my private coaching, the Your Healthiest Healthy community. Um, and then on there's also links to my, my other website, which is Samantha-Harris, but I don't want to overwhelm you guys with things. <laughs> um, but th- that one has the retreat information, the book, and just if you want to see other interviews and things I've done, uh, a lot of the work I've done is on there but that's more of the professional one yeah go to your that'll give you just a lot of information for you and if you're interested in all of that and Samantha-Harris will link to that as well below yeah. in the show notes too so everyone can find it nice and easy Samantha is there anything else that you wanted to add that I didn't ask you just want you guys to know that you're more powerful than you realize and you have the ability to control more than you might when it comes to your health and well-being so if you know, I offer a lot of uh, complimentary email series, and uh, most a lot of them are linked in my Instagram uh, bio, the Lincoln you know Lincoln bio or whatever. Um, so you know whether it's a, a weight loss challenge or plant boost plant-based foods or a variety of things, it's another, just a nice way to start, and you don't have to commit to anything, you don't have to invest anything, it just gives you information. And I have a lot on my IGTV as well that's complimentary to, to check out. Wonderful. You know what? And one other thing that I thought of before we go, because this episode will air during October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Is there any kind of words of encouragement or hope or advice or anything that you would offer for someone who may be facing a breast cancer diagnosis? Absolutely. So for those of you who hopefully have not received a diagnosis, check those girlies every month. Really, the shower is a great place because you can soap up. Always start with your arm up, feeling all around three fingers, feeling all the way around, um, and then start light. So because um, some of, sometimes it's right on the surface, and then start to go a little bit deeper with more pressure to see if there's anything that's on the underside, especially if you have dense breasts like I did. Um, so that's my PSA yeah. for I get your monthly, you know, your, your yearly mammogram. That's my PSA for those who have not been diagnosed. For those who ha- are going through a diagnosis, um, first of all, do reach out. I offer a lot of support, but really know that you need to ask questions and don't be afraid to ask questions of your doctor. Ask for help. Reach out to those in your community who are surrounding you, family and friends. They want to help. They just might not know how to offer it without feeling like you're overwhelmed. And also the last thing I want to say is don't be afraid to tell people, okay, I've had it. I I can't do this. I can't have this conversation Mm -hmm. because sometimes people are trying to help and they help in a way that actually causes more agita. So if you're feeling that overwhelm happen, that anxiety, just say, thank you so much. But I, this is not a conversation I can have and give yourself the grace to say no. Very helpful. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it was really a wonderful conversation. Wonderful to meet you. Thank you you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Tamika. It's been awesome. 
Samantha had some really great takeaways there to eat more veggies. We could all use more of them. Make sure to schedule your workout on your calendar. And remember, it's not cancelable, as well as doing regular self breast exams. All important information, not only during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but all year long. And make sure you connect with her. Reach out to her. As she said, she loves to offer support and connect so you can learn more about her platform and her coaching services. And hey, make sure you connect with me as well. All my information is below in the show notes. I wanna see you on LinkedIn, YouTube, hit subscribe there, you know, turn on those notifications if you haven't already. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all the places, because you don't wanna miss out, because you know we're back each and every week. So until next week, cause I'll see you back next time. Stay happy, stay healthy.